Welcome to the Poetry Society of Texas podcast. I'm Terry Jude Miller, your host for this episode. Tonight, our guest is Burma Castle, who received the Poetry Society of Texas highest honor, the Hilton Ross Greer Service Award. The PST's Book of the Year was dedicated to her. Burma is a life member of the PST and is MC for its Life Member Banquet. She's director of the Lucidity Poetry Retreat in Eureka Springs, Arkansas, each year in April. Burma says if you really want your poems critiqued and learn and attend the Lucidity Retreat, the website is luciditypoetryretreat.com, or you can Google them. Welcome, Burma. Thank you, Terry. I'm glad that you gave me this opportunity. Well, thank you so much for being here. I was so pleased when you agreed to, to be interviewed. So let's just jump right into the questions. Where did you get your inspiration for your winning poem for the Poetry Society of Texas contest you won? I was on vacation in the Cayman Islands, Mm -hmm. and a doctor who had moved there from North Carolina was sitting around the pool with everybody, and he told a beautiful story about his cat. And I knew that I would have to write a poem about that. Oh, that's wonderful. That's a wonderful story. And a lot of our poems come from things just like that, right? So it's always necessary for us to have either a pad or a pen or to have a really good memory with us so that we can remember things like that when we get back to our writing desk. Would you honor us by reading the poem that you and I discussed? Yes, I'd be glad to. Cat seemed an inappropriate name. She showed up at the barn one night right out of the blue and made herself at home. They saw her often, but only from a distance. Upon their approach, she would disappear. They thought her female and definitely did not want bigger cat populations. So a trap was set and off she went to the vet. Time gained them a little more trust, but still not enough to touch. She survived on her own wits and looked healthy. Disaster. Disaster struck his marriage and he was left alone with Cat. Loneliness wasn't ever present with him as he imagined it was with Cat. So he decided to make life a little easier for her and began leaving a can of cat food on the backyard picnic table. He never saw her at first but the food was always gone. One day he decided to offer her an opportunity to be a little more friendly and left the back door open. He took his place in his easy chair and waited. Finally, she eased through the door, made her way through the perimeter of the house, keeping close to the baseboards. He never moved from his chair. After a while, she emerged climbed onto his lap, and he was allowed to run his hand along her back and scratch behind her ears. She was in control. Surprise kept him glued to his chair when she climbed up behind him and groomed every hair on his head. She had claimed him, and he was hers. 
From that moment on, she was only half a step behind him every step he took while he was at home. She no longer stayed at the barn nor ate at the picnic table. Loneliness was no longer a dilemma for either of them. For 15 years, their bond remained strong and she was at the door each day when he returned. He knew something was desperately wrong the day she was nowhere to be found until he found her under his bed. The vet confirmed his fear and says there was no cure. When he went to say his final goodbye, she allowed him to remove her from the cage. He held her close and poured his love through a tender touch and whispered endearments into her ear. When he returned her to the cage, she turned and gave him a final look, as if to say, I know, but you'll be okay. Thank you, Terry. Oh, isn't that wonderful? You know, Billy Collins says that poetry is the only written record of the history of the heart, and that poem proves it. That poem proves it. That is just such a beautiful snapshot of time that you've captured in that poem and shared it with us. Did you write this poem especially for the competition, or did the poem have this other origin that you were telling us about? Well, I actually wrote it for the doctor. Oh, <laughs> um, okay. I gave the poem to him before we left the island, but later I, I worked on it and critiqued it. And then much later, I decided that would fit a category in the Poetry Society of Texas mm -hmm. contest. Mm -hmm. And the subject matter for that contest was to be about you and me against the world. Oh, that's wonderful. And of course, this point finally <laughs> dawned on me that it fit that category. Perfect match, a perfect match for that. Uh, in fact, Terry, I tell you what, the poem won a first place. It was a $150 prize, but more than that, it was going to be published in the Book of the Year anthology for PST, and mm -hmm. that was a really big deal. And I also got to read it at the banquet when I received the award. I remember I was there. I was there when that happened. That was wonderful. I use the word wonderful too much, but that's the only way, <laughs> way to describe. <laughs> when I heard that poem, and you and I were talking about this show, I'd asked you, I said, could you read that poem? And you said, well, you know, actually, I don't remember that poem. I don't remember, but I am so glad that you finally recalled which one I was talking about and shared it with our audience here. Now, let's talk about the poetic form you used for that poem. What would you say is the form of that poem? It's a free verse poem. You can tell a story in a poem much better with free verse than you can with rhyme because that is, is structured and you have rules with rhyming poems. And if you don't know how to do rhyming poems, you can always find out things like that from the internet. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> just, just Google and you can find out. But the poem kind of, in most of my poems, kind of find me. They either start out is free verse 
are as rhymed. Um, humorous poems always seem to to do better in rhyme, and of course, people like them better in mm -hmm. rhyme when they're funny. When I start out, it just kind of flows into a form. Mm -hmm. There are many forms that you don't write unless you intend to write them before you ever start the poem. Yep. But the ones that, in my case, are the better ones are the ones that just come to me. Mm -hmm. And select their own form. I know what you're talking about because Bar Blanks, she writes a lot of humorous poetry, and I noticed that a lot of it rhymes, that a lot of her humorous poetry rhymes. I've won poems first place is on both the serious and the humorous. Mm -hmm. Most of my friends who write poetry do not write humorous poetry. Right. And I guess maybe it's just one of those things that happens. <laughs> you yeah. either can think like that or you can't. And I've heard some of your poetry that's both in one poem. <laughs> that's, <laughs> that's a dramedy. That's a dramedy. That's wonderful. So, you're bringing up a lot of good things about writing poetry. So why would you say writing poetry is important today? Well, it is history. Mm -hmm. What you put in your poems will be your legacy. Mm -hmm. And if you have an idea and that idea is kind of running around, or with me anyway, mm -hmm. running around in your brain, and then finally you decide, well, I need to put that on paper. Mm -hmm. When I say on paper, uh, the people who use their phones to do all kind of stuff, that's wonderful. However, if it's on paper, it can be gone back to, mm -hmm. it can be perfected, and yep. you don't lose it. Once, whenever I was on a trip, I, I wrote in my head a wonderful poem. Mm -hmm. And I went over it several times. It was embedded in my memory. Mm -hmm. And then I, I didn't write it down. And mm -hmm. when I got home, <laughs> the embedment fa oh, failed. Oh, bless your heart. I couldn't remember <laughs> it. I How was... tragic. How tragic. That happens to me all the time when a poem idea comes to me in a dream or comes to me while I'm sleeping. And then I grab my pad and pen and I write it down the next morning. I don't know what the heck I wrote down. <laughs> I was asleep. That's wonderful. What's your advice for new poets about finding poem ideas, writing, staying motivated to write? Uh, what advice would you give a new poet if someone came to you and says, I'm interested in, in writing poetry? What should I do? Well, you should read, 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 mm -hmm. read mm -hmm. poetry. Mm -hmm. There's all kind of poetry on the internet, and some of it's not so good. But still read it. Sooner or later, you'll be able to recognize the good poetry from the other poetry, the good poetry. Right. And, of course, make sure that you do read good poetry books. Mm -hmm. I'm not sure whether the libraries carry a lot anymore, but there are books that can be obtained from Amazon and people that you might know. I buy a lot of books, and I read them all. Right. Sometimes I buy them just to help someone. Yeah. But reading poems that are not as good as the others helps you to recognize as a new poet the good 
from the other poems. Right. Uh, the first thing is to read. Mm-hmm. The second thing is to, like we were talking about, putting it down, your ideas down on paper. Mm-hmm. And you don't start out to write a poem and perfect it as you go. Right. You put the idea down, write as much as you need to write to cover it, and mm-hmm. then you go back. Yeah, yeah, don't be like one of those people that says, it was given to me, and I'm not going to change a word. <laughs> Poems are kind of like babies. They are born little, and then they grow and change. What now, a great metaphor. Man, that's that. a great way to put that, yeah. When the poem or the idea is on the piece of paper, you can go back, see what if what you put down is really what mm-hmm. you wanted to say. I would also say, make sure that you're punctuation is like you really want it because Mm -hmm. you might read it with a comma and if you don't put it down then the person who is reading your poem will not know that there should be a comma so be careful with punctuation no matter what kind of idea that pops into your head it may turn into a poem sometimes (laughs) really weird stuff pops into my head. (laughs) And I write poems that are written in the voice of, well, I I wrote one that won a first place on one that was written in the name, in the voice of my computer. Oh. (laughs) And (laughs) I've written in the voice of an animal. Mm -hmm. I've written in the voice, (laughs) won a first place, in the voice of a Kleenex. It's wow. In, it's in the Poetry Society. I think it's in 2015. Mm-hmm. And the person who judged the poem, when I read it, she said, oh, I couldn't wait to find out who wrote that poem. <laughs> and it was a long poem. Yeah. And the people who belong to this Poetry Society of Texas have an opportunity to submit poems in a mm-hmm. hundred different categories. Right. And 99 of those categories could be entered with only a fee of $5. That's, that's and great. Like the, the category that I chose for the cat poem, and mm. you called it a feral cat. Mm-hmm. And I couldn't remember it because I never thought of this as mm-hmm. a feral cat poem. I just thought of it as an animal love story. (laughs) Right, right. So anyway, the people who start out need to read their poems aloud. In fact, record your voice. See where you kind of hesitate or stumble or or maybe the word would be different. I'm sorry. I mean, that's an excellent suggestion, you know, to record your poems. And because sometimes a poem, when you read it out loud, sounds a lot different than what you thought it would sound like when you wrote it down. So just summing up what you said, advice for new poets is, is first of all, read, 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 and then write as a stream of consciousness. Don't worry about, you know, format or anything when you write, just write it out and then edit and then read your poetry aloud. That's, have I got that summary right? Yes, you do. Wonderful. 
So we've talked a lot about the Poetry Society of Texas during this podcast. How important is the Poetry Society of Texas to poetry in the state of Texas? Is it important for someone to belong to this organization? I think that it's one of the best things that they can do. And sometimes new poets think, well, I'm not really a poet. Mm -hmm. But if you have written poems, when I first started, I actually wrote things that other people considered a poem, but I didn't because it didn't rhyme. Mm -hmm. After I (laughs) learned that you could write other things that were actually poems, I was encouraged to send in to contest. Mm -hmm. Nobody's going to know that it's my poem. I don't have to feel like somebody's going to scrutinize it um, if I don't get it just exactly right. I can't win anything if I don't enter. I can't know. And in the Poetry Society of Texas, when we have the awards banquet, afterwards they give us a list of all the poems, all the first, second, and third place poems. Mm -hmm. They call your name, and I like that. Right. Then... (laughs) The rest of them, the other seven, are listed in an order of how the judge picked them. Mm -hmm. And if you get a 10th place, Mm -hmm. you have done a really good job with your poem. Oh, yeah, because sometimes there are 100 entries in that contest, and you're coming out in the top 10%. That really says something about your talent. And recognition, don't we... all love recognition for our work. So I find that that's one of the best things about the Poetry Society of Texas is we can go and get validation for our work. And not only venues like that, but the monthly contests that they hold. You know, it's just a wonderful place. Burma, I can't thank you enough for being our guest tonight. You have been a treasure. I've been looking forward to this interview ever since you said you would do it. So thank you for being with us today. Okay, well, thank you. But I would like to say one more thing. Sure. If you don't try, you can't win. And -hmm. if you don't enter, you can't win. But if you don't try, you can lose. And you certainly lose if you do not write down your poems, your ideas, And I I would like to say a little bit about lucidity, if you'll allow me to do this. Sure. Okay. We have two mornings of three hours of nothing but critique sessions. We have six different groups. We have leaders who are qualified. And when the people, as director, they send me their poems, I put them in a workbook, And then everybody has that workbook, has those poems, but the people in the group critique those poems. And I've had so many, many people tell me that it is the best, and I'm going to believe them. But if you want your work seriously considered for critiquing by a group that or your peers, Mm -hmm. then lucidity is a really wonderful place to come. New poets, experienced poets, 
New poets learn from those with experience, and the experienced poets are so willing to help the new poets. Yeah. We benefit from both community of poets in the PST and at the Lucidity Retreat. And the address for that website, again, is luciditypoetryretreat.com, or you can simply go to Google and type in Lucidity Poetry Retreat, and it'll be the first listing there. Again, thank you, Burma, for being here. I need to say a little bit something else. Okay. Okay. It costs $35 to join the Poetry Society of Texas, Mm -hmm. and anybody can join. If you will Google Poetry Society of Texas, then you can find out all about it. And that $35 gets you all the winning poems in an anthology. It is free that way. That's true. (laughs) I get excited, Terry, and I kind of wanted to tell it all. Mm -hmm. But if you are thinking about writing, I didn't start writing poetry for real until I was in my 60s. Mm-hmm. And I have been to all of their poetry retreats, summer conferences, and all of their banquets. And sometimes I didn't win a thing. Mm-hmm. I was on the page and I got listed as mm-hmm. placing, but I didn't get a first place. And if you love poetry, then you need to be with other poets. Yep. Any kind of poet, you need to read your poetry to them and have them read your poetry to you so that you can really perfect your poetry. If you don't have a poetry book, (laughs) I don't yet, but I'm pretty old, and there's still time for me. I'm going to do it anyhow. Then your poems will just lie in some computer or some Mm -hmm. workbook or something and never be left as your legacy. So I'm saying to you, as I've always said, I need somebody with a really big stick (laughs) to make sure that I do this. And I'm going to use this as my really big stick. Thank you, Terry, for allowing me to be here. And I enjoyed it very much. And I'll see you soon. It's been wonderful having you, Burma. This has been a Poetry Society of Texas podcast featuring Burma Castle. Visit the website at PoetrySocietyOfTexas.org. The podcast producer is me, Terry Jude Miller. Music provided by Ed and Mim Frita. Technical editing by J. Darrell Kirkley. Special thanks for this episode go to Byron Ballantine, station manager at 91.3 KVLU in Beaumont, Texas. Visit again for another episode of the Poetry Society of Texas podcast. <laughs>